0: In the name of Jesus, Amen. 2,000 years ago, the Son of Man poured out His blood for the sake of the world. And 2,000 years ago, every single sin that anyone ever committed, anyone commits now, and will ever commit in this world, was forgiven through the wounds of Christ. And before we could ever pray, deliver us from evil, Jesus did. Jesus delivered us from evil by suffering evil. The innocent, blameless, and sinless Son of God had evil done to Him. He didn't have generic evil or vague evil attributed to Him or done to Him. It was our evil. The evil performed by our hands, seen with our eyes, and coursing through our veins. The sins with our names were hung around his neck. The iniquities and atrocities of this world were attributed to Christ, imputed to him. And for these, he was punished. Scripture says, For our sake, God made him who knew no sin to be sin. That him is Jesus the blameless and sinless Son of God, the one who didn't know what it felt like to doubt God at any second, the one who had no idea what it felt like to sin and give into temptation, the one whose lips never once let a lie pass through them, and the one whose heart had no idea what it felt like to lust or hate or covet, this one became all of the sin. Jesus saved us from evil by becoming what is evil. This means that he became the ingratitude and covetousness and discontent that flows through our bodies. He became the nasty lies and slander that roll off of our tongues. He became our thieving hands and our wasting of time. He became the filthy, lustful thoughts and words and deeds that pump out of our hearts. He became the detestable, vindictive, and murderous depravity found in our souls. He became our unwillingness to come to church. He became our ridicule of his law, our apathy towards his gospel. He became our failure to pray, our profanity, our blasphemy, our cursing, and our swearing. He became our refusal to believe his word, our idolatry, our doubt, our hatred of God. He became all of our failure and immorality. He became our monstrous actions and passions, the harmful things that you've said, the poisonous lies we've told, the times you've made others weep, your thoughtless words, your senseless grumbling and complaints, your most profound corruption. He became that. He became the evil, not only that you see in yourself, but all the evil that you see in this fallen world as well. He became all of the genocide, all the murder, all the abortion, all the abuse, all the school shootings, all the massacres, all the violence. He became all the addiction, all the adultery, all the divorce, all the homosexuality, all the rape, all the scandal. Tonight, everything he was not became everything he is. He became all the things that are ugly and awful. He became all the things that are vile and gross. He became all the things that are shameful and prejudiced and racist and perverse. He became what is appalling, revolting, and depraved. He became everything that God hates He became everything that God is angry with. He became everything that God didn't create. He became everything we brought into this world, all our sin and all of our death. And he was trashed, he was beaten, he was rebuked and damned by his Father for all of this. There's no place for any of this evil in heaven before God. And this is why God turned his face away from him, from Jesus. This is why God the Father poured out all of His rage and justice against His own Son, His dear Son, who became evil, pure evil, and only evil. Christ not only suffered as if He committed this evil, He was obliterated and destroyed as if He was this evil. He didn't symbolically or figuratively become sin for us. Scripture says, He who knew no sin became sin for us. So when the father looked down to see evil in this world, he didn't have to search for it. He didn't have to look into your homes or places of work. He didn't have to peer into nightclubs or houses of slaughter. He didn't have to examine your heart or peek behind any closed doors. He didn't have to reveal the night to see what sin and depravity were lurking and hiding there. No, when the Father looked down from heaven to find all the sin and all of the evil in the world, he only had to look at his Son. And when he looked and found the most nauseous and offensive sins, he saw them all bound together, wrapped together in the flesh of Christ, nailed to a tree hanging on a cross, covered in thorns. And when he looked down from heaven, he saw precisely... What needed to be seen. The transgressions and iniquity of the entire world, beaten and bruised, stabbed with thorns, with torn flesh, aching, gasping for air, weeping and dying. When he looked at the cross, he didn't see his dear son. He saw our sin being demolished and destroyed. He saw our trespasses being punished. He saw death. Dying, And after seeing the most atrocious and vicious and brutal and heartless disaster in history, God closes his eyes and looks away. And when our sin is there, hanging on the cross, gasping for air, begging for help, trying to receive mercy, hoping to have at least a drop of rest, an ounce of compassion from the Father, God closes his ears and refuses to listen. Rather, he lets Christ who became our sin waste away in misery and shame as the world looked away as God looked away and the host of heaven looked away from this gruesome and awful sight he let our sin be consumed and devoured by the burning fire of God's immutable justice and why why does he endure this affliction why does Christ take on flesh and then in this flesh take on sin and then with this sin take on death? Well, listen to what the rest of the scripture says. For our sake, God made him who knew no sin to be sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Christ became all that was evil before God so that we would become all that is right before him. He became our sin and suffered for it so that it would be no more, so that it would be gone. He did it so that God would not be fair to you and give you what you deserve and cast you to hell forever. He did it so that he would forgive you and call you righteous, deliver you from evil, and so that you might be his own. Christ faced all of this so that you could see the face of God And not be destroyed so that you could stand before him without a spot or a blemish on you or in you. That Christ did all of this for you so that when the Father looks down from heaven to this world, when he looks into your home, when he searches your heart, he finds no sin, no evil, and no wicked thing. He did this so that when the Father looks at you, the Father would only see what is beautiful only what is holy, only what is righteous. When Christ's flesh was torn to shreds, that's when our sins were ravaged and ruined. When Christ's hands and feet were crushed with nails, that's when the devil's hand around your neck was broken. As the nail struck his heel in death, that's when Christ smashes the serpent's head. As Christ's heart was pierced and emptied of its blood and water, that's when our cups were overflowed and when our hearts were filled with his perfect righteousness. And as Jesus' lungs failed and as they breathed their last, that's when the devil's deadly threats lost all of their power. When Christ was stung by death, that's when death lost its sting. When he suffered evil, that's when he conquered it. When Christ spoke His final words, saying, It is finished, that's when the words and accusations of the devils became nothing but empty words and lies against you. That's when the devil's charges against you were all made to be false and untrue. When he died, that's when he killed death. When he wept his tears of anguish, that's when he filled this font with joy. When he poured out his blood, that's when he filled the chalice with salvation. And when he gave up his voice, that's when he filled our ears with his benediction and his blessing for life everlasting. Dear saints, because of Christ, you are... The righteousness of God. Not figuratively or symbolically. You are his righteousness. You are all of Jesus' good works. You are all of Jesus' true and tender words. You are all of Jesus' pure and holy thoughts, all of Jesus' love, all of Jesus' kindness, all of his trustworthiness, his faithfulness, his patience, his perfection, his trust, and unshakable and steadfast trust and faith in God. Christ became all sin, and there's no sin he did not become. After Christ suffered for all sins, you have zero sins to suffer for. 2,000 years ago when Christ suffered for every sin, he left you with zero sins for which to suffer, zero sins for which to be accused, zero sins for you to be punished for. When the Father saw his Son, he saw your sin. And now when the Father sees you, he sees his Son, his child. He sees everything that belongs to him. Your sin is forgiven. And all this he did 2,000 years ago, he gives it to you tonight. Tonight he imputes to you his righteousness. The one who knew no sin became sin for us so that we who knew no good, no holiness or perfection in our own flesh, that we would have all these things and be declared righteous. In becoming what he was not, Jesus makes you what you now are, the righteousness of God. O meditate how painfully the Lamb of God on Calvary has died for your transgressions. How dreary was that awful night of agony, how great the fight of His most wondrous passion. O Son of God, eternal Word, divine Redeemer, dearest Lord, we marvel at your suffering. For your disgrace and pain and shame will ever magnify your name and praise your glorious offering. Amen.